Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's great to have you with us. Joining me today from uh, sunny South Florida, it's always sunny there, uh, is someone who loves travel, loves to take chances, and won't rest until those with any type of disability are given their fair share of opportunities to experience the world. It's really, I, I, I hesitate to use ins the word inspiration, Deborah, but it really is an inspiration to see somebody like you and your partner, Bill, really jump to the forefront and say, just because I have a disability doesn't mean I don't enjoy travel, doesn't mean I don't enjoy shopping in the same places you shop, doesn't mean I don't enjoy looking at the same websites you do. So I commend you for launching websites like Push Living and Travelability and Photoability, and hopefully we can talk about that today. But you know, one kudos to you for your vision, and uh, more importantly, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Mo. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, when you wake up every morning knowing that you have an uphill battle, because it's an uphill battle, for whatever reason, it's an uphill battle, what do you think about all of the work that you're trying to do? you got a lot of balls that you're juggling, and you're just going against gravity. What goes through your mind every morning when you wake up? What am I not doing? You know, I'm, I'm trying everything. I mean, we've done public relations campaign. We've written directly to advertising agencies. Um, we're doing all the social media. We're, we're, you know, we're getting in the newspapers. We were, like, right when we launched PhotoAbility, we were on the cover of abcnews.com in the business section. I thought, okay, they're going to know we exist. We have a stock image library that features people with disabilities, living lives, children, adults, you know, families. And people are going to look at that and go, wow, I need to incorporate some of these stock images into my magazine or my, my websites or my, you know, my advertising campaigns, my marketing campaigns and brochures. It didn't happen. And the phone didn't ring. And we were like, okay, huh, we got to get better images. And we had stock image consultants come in and try to help us figure out, you know, what is it that we can do to really make this market stronger? Oh, my gosh, Deb, it's in a brilliant idea it's a great idea i think what you're doing is amazing and but it's ahead of its time you know people aren't comfortable with that yet the advertising agencies and their clients their clients aren't saying hey i want a person a young 17 year old girl with a disability for that prom dress ad that we're doing you know so they're not asking for it the agencies aren't suggesting it um, and the graphic designers who are building these websites for all these great companies whether it's a law office or um, a tourism destination, a fully accessible tourism destination, isn't showing anybody enjoying that fully accessible tourism destination using a wheelchair. And they probably have 20, 30 images, maybe 40. 10% of the population has some kind of disability. It could be a disabled child. It could be somebody who's maybe a baby boomer getting a little older and you know now starting to have some mobility issues. Um, it could be somebody who had a car accident, which obviously is very common. Um, most spinal cord injuries happen from car accidents and you know the people who they happen to 80% men mostly between the age of 18 to 21 they're wheelchair users the rest of their lives they're very active um, they're, they're working they're getting out in the world but they're not being seen so to answer your question I'm thinking okay what do I need to do to break free what is that magic thing that I need to say or do that's going to convince companies I figure once it starts happening other people will sort of go, okay, you know. And one time I got a, um, a call from an advertising agency in New York, one of the big ones. 
and they said a major life insurance company was considering one of my images. It was a photo, a beautiful photo of a mom in an electric wheelchair walking along with her young daughter. Her daughter was actually uh, up higher than her, up on like a log, you know, and she was holding her hand walking her. And I was so excited. I'm like, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be it. They never bought it. Well, you know, let me, you talk about the magic and who knows what that magic bullet is, but being in a wheelchair never slowed you down. Was there a moment for you where you shifted from, again, I don't want to use a cliche of feeling sorry for yourself, but just being down on your inability to do what you used to do before to saying, you know what, I don't want to feel like that anymore. I want to have impact in the world. Was there something that was triggered in you? You know, it really, I'm, I'm an, I don't know if I'm abnormal, um, but, you know, my story is a little different. I was 18. I was a dancer. Um, I had a car accident. I broke my neck. I didn't know what that meant at the time, but that did mean that I was a quadriplegic. So I didn't have any, any movement from basically the neck down. I didn't have my hands. I didn't have triceps. had a little bit of bicep, but no hands at all. It took me about six months to recover. And the doctors would come into the room, and often the psychologists and everything would say, you know, you're just in denial, you're in denial, you're in denial, you should be depressed, you should be crying. I didn't. I was just very stubborn and dogged and, and um, you know, just lived every day. I, I was dating while I was in rehab. I mean, I was having fun on the roof. I was living life and, and grabbing it as much as I possibly could. And I left rehab, went four months at home, went directly to the University of Miami College, and had a boyfriend in two weeks that I met at the Ratskeller and girlfriends, and I was dating and partying and having a great time in my wheelchair. I did, by the way, get my hands back. So that was very fortunate um, that I was blessed with that. But for whatever reason, I went to college, I got a job, and I, I got a house, and I got married, and I had two babies, and my life was so focused on what's next. You know, am I going to get this job, my very first job out of college? You know, I was interviewing. I was going to Macy's and with my dad and trying to figure out what's the best suit to wear. You know, I wasn't really focused on, oh, shit, I can't walk today. You know, that's it's like, not, that's, that's not, these that's get not the, the norm, right? That's not, you're around people with that, this limited abilities and just all the time. That's your life. That's not the norm. You know, as far as the time frame it took for me to move forward, which is pretty much immediate. Um, and there's more to that story. I mean, it's kind of weird, but I had, um, I did have a little bit of epiphany one night when I was in the hospital room alone. Um, I had like a voice come to me and it's kind of weird and I really don't tell the story, but it wasn't a voice I could hear out loud. It was a voice in my head. And it said to me, you know, you're going to be okay. You can move forward. You're not going to have the use of your legs, um, but that's not going to be forever. And I mean, it's weird because nobody knew I wasn't going to have the use of my hands. I had a pretty much a, a subluxation injury. So my spinal cord, here's the collar, it went like this. So it was off, completely hanging. There's no way that I wasn't going to be a complete injury and no movement and no feeling. Well, my feeling came back to my toes and I got my hands and my arms, but I never got my legs, which is what this voice told me. So for whatever reason, that night, as I lay there alone in the dark in this bed that kind of rotated this way in order so I wouldn't get a pressure sore very slowly, I just listened to that voice and just moved on. But is it normal for everybody? Probably not. But I got to tell you, most of people in my 
community are extremely inspirational. I have a good friend who's a lawyer, who's a chef, who's a quadriplegic, who doesn't have full use of her hands. I have another friend, Rachel, um, who contacted me, Rachel Friedman, who's now just having a baby through surrogacy. She never stops. I mean, most of the people I know are skiing, you know, swimming, dating, trying to get jobs, going to school. I have another lady who uh, is a model for us who's got three kids, single mom, going back to school for business management from her wheelchair. So, you know, for us, it seems normal. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are depressed, but those are probably people who have those depressed personalities anyway. Yeah. You know, if you're just a driven person like I was, I was like very active, very physical. Um, you know, I've kept my figure. People always say to me, gosh, you know, how do you still look so good? You know, in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, I don't know. I said, I guess I just move. You know, I just try to get out and do things and I don't eat to the point where I'm sick. And I don't feel healthy, and I get overweight. If I start to gain a little weight, I cut down. I, I have self-preservation involved, you know. So that's something I think we have, whether we're disabled or not. Debbie, tell me about the birth of push living. Push living is actually um, was my concept. They were supposed to be sort of an umbrella organization over everything else we had. We had all these great ideas. The first being. Um, well, travelability was founded first by Bill, my partner, because he was a travel agent in Australia. Then we said, well, let's try to market accessible properties. And then we realized there was no imagery. So we said, well, wait, we got to make imagery, right? Let's create this amazing disability-inclusive imagery, and we'll add a photoability.net uh, and it's a stock image site. So people who are our clients or not can buy these stock images. And then I said, well, let's have Push Living. It'll be the umbrella over everything. It's sort of going to be a magazine that people can go and and read articles about amazing people like Gina, and who's the chef and the lawyer who is on our site, like Anne-Marie Postma from, um, from um, the Netherlands, who is a sitting chef and does amazing inspirational books. So we said, let's make something really fascinating and interesting. But when people go there, they'll begin their journey at Push Living, but then they'll go over here and they'll go, oh, look, I can travel. Here's a traveling site, and here's some photos. Maybe I'll be a model. I have a disability or my child has a disability maybe I'll model or maybe I'm a photographer and I'll take some photos or maybe I'll buy some photos um, and then there's a store because I know personally there's a lot of really neat things that I have discovered through my travels and through my work that are products that have made my life so much better so we're going to offer those products and so people don't have to try to struggle to figure out what to do when you're on an airplane for 12 hours and, and you're in a and, you know, you can't walk. Well, you know, buy these hose because this is what I use because you need some compression because, you know, your legs will swell if you don't have compression. And here's a really cool, um, you know, warming thing for your hands. If you're cold and you're quad, you don't have temperature regulation. Or here's a great, you know, blah, 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 right? So we basically provide an opportunity for Sliving to meet needs of everyone, including our advertisers, of course. So it's a marketplace. So it's really evolving yeah. into a multifaceted marketplace that's going to provide opportunities, both certainly for the people who are going to be providing opportunities and providing these photos, but at right. the same time, you're also making it very accessible for people with disabilities. You do the homework for them. Yes, and it's also, it's not just for people with disabilities. I don't think a lot of people realize, they go, well, you know, why should I put a person with disability in an ad? Because they're only such a small segment. We never really see them, and they're not our biggest consumer. 
but they don't realize that when I made a decision to go to Sweden, my daughter, my at the time who was 16, said, "Let's go to Sweden." I'm like, okay, so we go online, we start looking at places in Sweden, and guess which ones we picked? The accessible hotel, the accessible venue, but. It wasn't just me, the crippled person, right, that had to go and get that room who was the consumer. It was now my daughter and my husband. I'm divorced now, but at the time. So you have three people now, possibly four, five, six family members and friends who are now going to be limited by the non-accessible locations. They won't go. So you're not only losing that one consumer, you're losing everybody that loves that consumer, right? So if I'm dating somebody, he's not going to take me to a restaurant that's not accessible. Do you have a sense, it's been eight years now, right, since you've been doing this. Do you have a sense of the travelers with disability? I mean, what are they looking for that maybe companies who are able to, who just overlook it and can't provide it? Information. You know, I mean, really, a lot of times it's also marketing. It's information. And, you know, when you go to a hotel, and it happened to me just recently on a trip to West Virginia, we went to a major chain. We made sure we clicked the box. It's an accessible room. When we got there, it wasn't accessible at all. <laughs> it was like, well, we clicked the box. It's an accessible. So, yes, what does accessible mean? Like, you know, another place you'll go and, and the, the toilet seat's too low. And for someone like me who's in a wheelchair, we transfer over to the toilet seat it can't be 16 inches off the ground. You know, it's going to be, I might be able to get down there, but I'm not getting back up. So, you know, or if it's one of those really low toilet seats. So, or or you have a perfectly accessible bathroom with a high toilet seat and the information is provided. I have rails, I have a rolling shower or a tub, all that's all provided on your website. But then I get to the bedroom and the bed now is those new fancy beds that are like this high. Oh yeah. That happens a lot. It happened to me in Naples. It happened to me in Victoria, British Columbia. I go to this amazing place. It's fully accessible. They know that I'm a traveling, a disabled traveler. And the bed is so high up that I can't actually transfer up to it. So fortunately, they had people come and just remove the the metal frame underneath and put the bed on the ground so that I could use it for the three days I was there. But information, I think. And, And again, when they do their marketing inclusion I have this amazing image for example of this 12 year old girl on the beach with her mom enjoying a vacation she has got the most you know amazing smile and it's an actual real photograph and um, in other words it wasn't a setup photograph it was taken by a family member with a high quality photo and in the background you see the wheelchair on the beach she was um, injured I think when she was uh, just a couple years ago, I think she's 17 or 16 now. She was 12 when she was injured. She was injured in a car accident. And here she is with the parents. Now, why not show that image in your resort or in your magazine? You know, that, that it's an inclusive family. You know, um, I was telling you earlier about how I had a stock image buyer tell me that they, they gave her this protocol. I want you to go buy images of people who look happy, who meet diversity. Make sure that, you know, through the, we have all this diversity. We want African-Americans. We want different religions. We want people who maybe are mixed race families. You see the Cheerios commercials now with the mixed race. Uh, you know, now you have uh, a lot of amazing commercials with people who are, you know, um, the gays who are now, you know, married and they show them loving each other and all these great commercials. Where are the people with disabilities? It's like the last bastion of civil rights. You know, we're the last ones to be included. It's starting to happen. 
I mean, slowly but surely, there are some really cool ones. Um, Guinness just did a really cool commercial. I think you might have seen it mm-hmm. where they're playing wheelchair basketball. That's an amazing. Anybody want to get a really great idea of how to do it? These, these, all these guys playing basketball in wheelchairs, and it's a, it's you know how Guinness is. They talk real slow about character and about triumph, whatever. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, all the guys get out of the wheelchairs except one. And like when I saw it, I got so emotional because it's like basically what happened was their buddy got hurt and could no longer play on the team with them. So they all, instead of excluding him, they all got wheelchairs and they played wheelchair basketball. It's a really rough game and it's, they get the same sweat and the same you know, competitive. It's a beautiful video. They all stand up and high five them and they all go to the bar and they show them all at the bar having a beer and they're all cheering just being friends. So it's inclusivity without being like hokey or you know, inspirational or, or like we were talking about earlier where you only see people with disabilities when you're trying to be inspired by them. Yeah, this is wow. guys hanging out at a bar. Wow, that's great. I, well, we'll include it with this, actually. I think it would be fun. Let me shift gears to employment for a moment. Do you see, I mean, what's happening with employers really paying, especially merging companies, really paying attention to the talent that they, they may be missing with individuals with disability? Again, there's a lot of people who talk a big game about approaching them but yeah. very little is happening in that space. Yeah, there is a huge push for that. I mean, that's, there's a lot of money being spent federally um, and statewide on vocational rehab and a lot of initiatives with employment with people with disabilities. I mean, you'll see, if you just look up that, there's so many campaigns that are pushing that and a lot, a lot of money being spent in that direction. Um, it's not really something that I get into very much. So I'm not really an expert in that field. I know that personally I went and got a degree and I interviewed for a mainstream job, and I had I interviewed against other candidates, and I got the job. And then I built my resume, and you know I went from there. So I don't know really a lot about that, um, other than to say that from what I hear, it's still an issue of feeling comfortable with the person. You hire someone that you're comfortable with. So my whole thing is, the more we have imagery, because media advertising and imagery, what you see from the time you're a little child, when you open up your magazine or you're watching commercials on TV, that impacts how you feel, you know? So, you know, we, we, we had back in the day, we had kids with disabilities and people with disabilities in asylums. They were never seen in public. Then you had the ADA in 1991. Okay, we're going to make it accessible for everyone. Then all of a sudden you start seeing people at movie theaters and at restaurants. I'm sure you've seen them, right? You, they're accessible now. So we're out and about in public because we can be. Um, so people are starting to get more comfortable, but from what I'm hearing, most people are still not uncomfortable. So if you have three really amazing candidates, and one of them, they're all equally talented, have equal personalities and equal resumes. One of them walks, one of them's in a chair. You might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, if I have to send this guy off site for training, is, is it going to be a hassle? Is there going to be a liability issue? Are they going to be sick a lot? You know, are they going to be able to keep up with the demands? Am I going to, am I going to feel guilty when I put a lot of pressure on them to meet the same expectations as everybody else? Or am I going to get like pushback from that? I, I mean, I'll give you another example. I had a guy once tell me he wanted to date me um, because I was on the online dating thing after my divorce and he said uh, my fear with you is that if 
it didn't work out that I would hurt you, break your heart. <laughs> he doesn't okay. think that way about other girls, you know. I mean, we all take that risk in love. But I think employers are worried about that too. Like, if I have to fire them, am I going to have a lawsuit? So those are the things we have to kind of try, you know, to overcome. And it's a lot to overcome. So breaking your heart's a disability now too? Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I had that definitely learned something I wasn't expecting to learn today. Um, two more things for you real quick. But the point is they didn't give me the chance. They didn't want to even give me the chance to date me because they thought they used my disability. Not that I couldn't walk. They didn't care about all that. I can handle the chair. I, I don't mind. I mean, I'll work around it. But, you know, maybe you're going to be more vulnerable. So... I have a feeling, Deborah, and I really hope that there's some aspect of this that's correct, that I hope that this generation of business builders, and I really believe in my heart that they not only recognize and admire people going through what you're going through, but they most importantly recognize your ability and the talent, and they don't feel sorry for you. They want you to be part of, and that's, I know how you want to feel. You, that whole inclusiveness, don't feel sorry for me. We're all part of this together. Exactly. You said it beautifully. Hey, we're not an inspiration. Don't hire us because you pity us. Don't expect us to be, you know, superheroes or super crips, but also at the same time, just treat us like everyone else. And, and if we do a bad job, don't be afraid to say you did a bad job. Hey, we, won't, we won't break your heart. Yeah. Or, or no, you can break my heart. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. It's like, I'd rather have you date me and give me a try and then maybe break my heart than not even try. So that is the same exact, you know, analogy we can use for employers. When doubt sets in for you, right? Whether it's doubt because you're not getting the attention or the awareness that you need for your businesses, not for yourself, most importantly for the businesses that you're building, you couple that with, you know, some of the things that you've had to go through in your life. What do you do when that, when that voice in your head, like you said, has spoken to you before? I know it speaks to you every day because you're running up this huge mountain and it's pulling back at you. What do you do? Um, I tell myself that I, I, I don't listen to it. I don't, you know, I, I've heard enough of the positive, you know, I love quotes, right? And I'm one of those, those people who love inspiration and I, I, I listen to inspirational things all day. And I'm just naturally an inspired person. I, I ignore it. And I just say, I just say I, I'm running against a wall. I don't understand why our images are selling more. Um, I'm, I just need to figure out, I just keep going. And I, In other words, failure to me is not an option. I honestly believe that this idea and this concept of inclusion is going to have its day and it's going to happen. And I'm going to keep running it. I'm in the forefront of it and I'm going to keep running until it happens. And I mean, it, I hope it happens faster because I am a business person and I, I obviously, you know, this is my survival and I need to live on the money that I make on this company. But not just for me, but I have photographers who are spending a lot of time and time is money taking these images. I have models who are spending their time and getting dressed and, you know, getting out there and driving an hour to meet with a photographer and spending a whole eight hour day shooting. And these images are just sitting there not being used. You know, that's a lot of pressure for me. I'm like, I, when they start selling, everybody gets checks. It's not just the company. And I mean, we have to cover our expenses, which is high. You know, we have a PR person, we have marketing people, we have SEO people, we have, 
you know, obviously technological aspects of running the website, the legal aspects of making sure that everything's done legally with our, our legal team. It's cost a lot of money to run a website like this. But more importantly to me is that when those models start getting checks and their images are being sold and all of a sudden we get a cover of Runner's World or, you know, a big insurance company or American Express or I can count and say, guess what? Your images got bought. That's exciting. And it happens. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Of course it does. I wouldn't be still in business, but it's not happening nearly as much as it should. 10% of the population, billions of people with disabilities. And you have to also think, Mo, it's not just what we're doing in America or even England or, or Canada, which are mostly where our clients are right now. This will have an impact in other countries as well. So when they start seeing people with disabilities using ads, it affects people in Africa and South Korea and China who don't yet, haven't actually gotten out of their houses yet. And India, you know, who are still living hidden away with the disability because they can't get out in mainstream society yet. It's not even accessible for them yet. I have friends in India who can't get outside their homes. Well, and everyone's looking at the same websites, like you said, right? Disability is not geographic specific, right? It's not, you know, it's certainly not demographic specific. It's certainly not gender specific. It's certainly not religious specific. We can go on and on and on. So if American Express and Visa and Goldman Sachs and New York Life Insurance Company, all those people are listening, where, where do you want them to go to say, we've got to figure out how to be, how to be able not only to include these, but here's a great opportunity for us to start? Well, obviously, they go to our site first. You know, if you, if photoability, photoability.net, it's not .com, um, but .net for now. Um, they go there first. If they see the images that they like and they just don't find the exact one, we'll do a custom shoot for them. We have models all over the world. They tell me they want a 12-year-old girl or a 15-year-old boy or, you know, an older gentleman, and they want to picture him on the beach with his wife with a cocktail. I'll take that picture. I have the model and I have the photographers ready to go. I'll give you a quote and I'm sure that, and then you'll have your inclusive image. You don't have to try to do a casting call or go through your advertising agency trying to find a person with a disability that meets that criteria. I already have. I mean, I have so many models around the world ready to go any day. It's not a problem. Everybody wants to make money and they're excited to be a part of the project. Well, I'm not going to end by saying you're an inspiration. You're not. You're an aspiration. You know, you're doing amazing things for the world, but more importantly, it seems like you're really at that tipping point. So hopefully people who are listening at least go visit the sites that you have or mention the message to the company that you work with uh, because this isn't demographic specific at all. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing your message. Thank you. It was a pleasure.